Hello and welcome to the Heron Del Boy Support Group. I'm Melanie. I'm Jenny. I'm Allie. And we're here to help. Welcome back. It's been a minute. It has but we're been here. a minute. A yeah, minute and a half just, even. Just one or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Just one. Adulthood, you know? Adulthood. I mean, the books are still there, you know? <laughs> the books have yeah, been out since like 2000 and whatever. If you're waiting on our hot takes, then maybe <laughs> you should have been here earlier. <laughs> maybe. If our opinion is yeah. that important to us, one, I'm flattered, but two, maybe it should be. <laughs> yeah. We're just out here doing our best, you know? Exactly. We're. we're... This is not new content, guys. <laughs> if you're waiting to hear how the nah. story ends. <laughs> not new content for any of us. At least not with this series. Not with this series. Uh, next series will be some new content. But that is for later. So. Let's address. Let's talk about what we've been up to. It's been a long time. Yeah. Been a long time. Time? Yeah. Without you, yep. my friend? Is that what you're going There's for? There's a lot of things that. There's well, so there's many things. Of, like, all of them that. hit my brain at once, so I couldn't finish the. <laughs> well, that's yeah, where my reference. Was. Yeah. I'm usually the one that comes up with the song references. <laughs> yeah. I had at least two just like, boom. And I was like, ah. ah blah, You're like, blah. wait, which is the actual? So, yeah. Um, I've been here. I just been working at home. Sit, you know. You guys. You guys had uh, more stuff going on. We did have more stuff um, going on. Yeah, I guess so. How long ago did we meet? <laughs> it was pre-con, because... <laughs> yeah, that's why we had well, to yeah, skip I a couple weeks. But we, we met right before Halloween, so we did have... Yeah, we, we had no, Halloween. we literally had a Halloween. Yeah, our last one was the Halloween stream. Yeah, so we had Halloween, we did Halloween. Good time. We handed out candy to the children. We did. We were um, one of, like, two houses on our street that were handing out candy. And I was like... Yeah. It was kind of sad. It was really yeah, sad. I worked so we on Halloween. in a very walkable neighborhood. We do. Yeah. I worked on Halloween, so I didn't get to hand out any candy. But did you hand out snacks to the pets? Little little snacks? Uh, snacks, snacks. Not really. There were little, like... I mean, there's a a jar of treats, but, like, I didn't give them any treats. That's unfortunate. You should get on that. The audacity. (laughs) That is your most important job. Not every pet likes a treat. I mean, yeah. I mean, mean, yeah. That's fair. These dogs are the first ones I've had that actually like like the crunchy biscuits, you know? Usually I've had mm. ones that like the softer ones better. But these guys will eat everything, including collard greens. So, oh. that. Oh no. Ginny, Cleo, I didn't feed Cleo. Ginny has been a busy bee, though. <laughs> <laughs> didn't feed the tortoise. That's fine. The tortoise is gonna eat us out of house and home. It's fine. Oh no. The tortoise might break out and crash the stream. Uh, or the stream. Yeah. And we right. will scream. But. Oh wow. So beware of that. Um, <laughs> speaking beware. of maybe speaking oh, of no. screaming, Ginny had quite the busy week or a couple of weeks. Where yeah, yeah, I did. You went to a con. I did go to a con. It was a great time. There were so many people there, so many cool guests. I got to relive my childhood, uh yes. actual childhood with blues clues and then current childhood reborn with bluey. Um Blue-y. the blue dogs, man. The blue dogs. We love blue dogs here. So yeah, <laughs> and um, then yeah, also Steve from Blues Clues, and then the yeah. Blue Chilean Bandit were there, which is really exciting. Um, and there were just a lot of cool people there. So if you're into nerd culture at all, conventions, yeah, 
good times. Where it's at. One day, I hope Ginny will work in convention that I can go to. That'd be fun. That'd it be fun. That'd be fun. But Ginny. I came back with it from the... I came back from it with the Rona, so that... And then you gave it like to a, Allie. A solid, like, yeah, a solid, solid week, and then turned into two weeks. Well, the and thing I'm is, when you travel, still right? Sniffling. There's an expectation that you're probably going to get, like, a little sick, like, a little cold. Especially yeah. when you're, like, working a convention, you interact with so many people. Like, there's mm. the expectation of, you know, the con crud, where you're just going to mm -hmm. get the sniffles for a week. And I'm like, I have a shit immune system, so if somebody gets sick around me, 80% of the time I'm going to get it, too. But I was like, okay, con crud, I can, I can get that, and I can, I'll be fine with that. So we weren't, like, isolating or anything, and we weren't, like, masking up in the house. And then Ginny, <laughs> bless Ginny. So when I'm sick, I'm dead to the world. I'm a pathetic little baby. I am, I am really annoying and, like, I'm dying. Like, I I'm terrible sick. Ginny is over Tell there literally why. dying at her computer, like, I'm fine. <laughs> Tell me wrong. why that tracks for the two of you. <laughs> that makes so much sense. But it's funny, because I come in, I walk, and then one day, like, we're, like, four or five days into this at this point, I walk in, and Ginny's laying down on the couch, which is not normal Ginny behavior. And I was just like, you good? <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Are you I two just, ever I good? Dishes, and I'm, I'm exhausted now, but just give me a few minutes, and I'll get back up. And I'll be okay. And I was like, okay. And then later, she makes a comment about not being able to taste anything, and I was like, Ginny. Oh, Ginny! <laughs> And this is the exact morning that I had woken up with a scratchy throat and complained to Ginny about it. <laughs> and then Ginny goes over and tests, and she's like, ah, I, I have the right. I, get, I give like, you sick, and I raise you COVID. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. on the bright side, we um, didn't have to I isolate mean, yeah. from each other at that point. <laughs> right. Ellie already had it, and then we were like, you know, Ellie is going to get it because Ellie gets everything. And yeah. Mm -hmm. It's um, fine. So I mean, yeah, and I'm grateful for Ellie being like, go test, because I would have just gone on my life as normal. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to go out of town again for like that, then like the next day. So mm -hmm. yeah, you would have had a bad time, <laughs> and I would have had a bad time, and I just would have been like, it's fine. I'm I'm dying a little At bit. At least but okay. you and Allie you had know? each other. Exactly. We did have each other, and we have a ten foot blanket now. We do now have a ten foot blanket on the couch. My parents. It's amazing. My mother loves giving gifts, and therefore she loves Christmas. So she's already, uh, she's already finished her holiday shopping by the end of October. Like it's all done. <laughs> if you didn't tell her what you wanted by like September, you're not getting it. <laughs> she's already decided what you wanted and what you're getting. <laughs> so I submitted my list early, and then she sent us a box full of um, part one of some of the Christmas things. Like I got a advent oh, calendar of dice too. Oh, oh, right, right. What what cruise? Oh yeah, and like stuff. Because they went on. I thought it was because they went on a cruise and they had to send you stuff, and they they were like, "Well, let's just send this thing too." <laughs> pretty pretty much. My mom's like efficiency. We'll send all this. <laughs> so got like an advent calendar, and then she, she sent part of Christmas, which was a ten foot blanket. It was great. Well, yeah. Speaking of gifts, it's so it could fit all of us and the dogs, and yeah, Family's everybody blanket. has blanket. Family. Speaking blanket. of gifts, as well. Gifts. Ginny had a birthday. Oh yeah, I did. That's the thing I did. I am <laughs> old. I am now. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, old. <laughs> let it be. Let it be recorded that I did not call Ginny old. I am not mean. It has been. I have been <laughs> calling Ginny old for a while. You see, I really bank on that for old, many two years. years apart. 
So. <laughs> Does that mean I get to call you old Allie? Uh, no, because Ginny is oh. older and also in the trio. Therefore, it you would are, be inaccurate. Uh, you are also older. <laughs> Therefore, you are old. Oh, no. Upset. <laughs> oh, no. You want to play that game? Because I totally can. <laughs> so, Melanie is no longer part baby. of this podcast. Melanie, who As the baby in this podcast. <laughs> I say I was the baby as I'm literally just a year younger than Allie. Yeah. yeah. Had a birthday. Had a Thanksgiving. Had lots of fun. I mean, that too. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. <laughs> if you celebrate it. If you don't, happy November. Happy, no- happy, November. happy whatever Thursday Happy November. holidays. <laughs> it's like that uh, It's like that car dealership sigh with the happy holidays balloon. It wasn't even a car dealership. <laughs> oh my god. So we have this. Oh, okay. It's a liquor store. <laughs> oh, yes. 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 <laughs> so... It used to be, the be- even better, it used to be a pharmacy, and now it is a liquor store. <laughs> okay. But outside of it, they had a balloon. That's red- like, you know, just like those inflatable blue balloons that you put up for mm-hmm. sales? And it just said, holiday sale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the colors are red, white, and blue. They're not color themes. So, so it's just holidays. America! We're all the holidays. You want flat What is this? It- I have a feeling it was... Why do I have a feeling that it was left over from the 4th of July and they were just like, we need to use this been. again. Exactly. Yeah. We were just driving around and it's funny, just like you notice things driving around sometimes that mm-hmm. you don't always notice. Yeah. So we're just driving around and Allie's like, holidays. They <laughs> <laughs> use that balloon every Listen, single holiday they want. Yeah. It's not even Black Friday anymore. It's like Black November. That's true. Oh, that's true. Which actually, as an online shopper who doesn't like going to the stores, I don't really mind that personally yeah that's fine it's not that i mind it it's just like it's not black friday sale anymore if it's not just for black friday i mean i also appreciate that people aren't opening stores at like 2 a.m anymore oh agreed (laughs) i also am glad i don't think they're also opening them at like 8 p.m the night before anymore right yeah as someone who worked retail i don't think i ever worked any black friday shifts though because we always had a football i did i did (laughs) many that was fun no. I literally went, I actually went there yesterday. And I was just like, yeah, it's a great time for me not having to work this right now. Nice. Nice. And my yesterday friends were like, we went to take advantage Gatorland. of the sales. And then, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Gatorland. Gatorland. And you learned some very important information. Yeah, That's how we it's celebrate cool. Black Friday. And Jay's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted a true, true Florida birthday. See, some <laughs> gators. But we got to do a lot of cool things again. We fed so many things. We fed gators. Everything. Uh, wow. And not just we... the gator chow. Because they give you, like, pellet gator chow that you can, like, throw at the gators as a thing. But no, you can also go, like, behind the fence to the breeding marsh where the big, mm-hmm. big boys are. And you can throw a raw chicken drumstick at them and feed yep. them that way. Yes. We we uh, we uh tried our best to, to get Raul. Uh, who no. they named after Phantom of the Opera because his face is missing, like, part of his face. So that's why they, they said they named him. But then shouldn't uh, his name be Eric? Yeah, but it they don't. Be, they're normies, you know? They're normies. <laughs> they did their best. They did their best. We just thought it was funny. Don't... Yeah. It was just funny. Because <laughs> oh, I love the gators... idea of that. I absolutely do. You guys know me. I wanted to name every exactly. every stream after <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. Yep. Anyway. Um. I think, oh, I was I was just saying, or we were saying, because it's like, it's cool because they, like, recognize their names, you know? Mm-hmm. Gator's um, really smart, actually. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and so we just heard in the distance as like in the morning, this guy was just like Raul like three times because <laughs> Raul apparently was not coming to the shore. And so we were just sitting there. Yeah. Uh, this was before we realized that we could also go back and feed them at a different time. Yeah. So we were just across the, the it's the breeding marsh where we were. So we were on like the lookout. And I was just like, Raul. And we were like, God, Raul, mm-hmm. get your shit together. <laughs> so when we it could be said there, for Land of the Upper Raul, but you know, this said. is not a, this is not a musicals podcast. This is a Shadowhunters podcast. <laughs> right now it's a Gatorland podcast. <laughs> but we went and we. Yeah, when we went behind, we were like, we heard somebody just yelling at Raul earlier today. And he was like, oh, Raul! Oh. <laughs> and anyway. he came up and we could kind of sort of see him through. He was hanging out by, like, the trees and leaves and whatnot, but... Yeah. It was fun, though. Um, and we fed giant tortoises. Yep, we fed giant, giant tortoises. Giant tortoises. Giant. Like, the biggest ones that, yeah. An Aldabra um, and a Galapagos. Yes, so really, really big. The Aldabra was 120 years old. Um, wow. Huh? 104. I, I just. Oh, okay. Well, old. I said 120, AF. but old. Old, <laughs> old. Um, and yeah, and we fed Capybara. Uh, that was capybaras. exciting too. And I've got fat butts. Goats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very cute. You can't keep doing this to me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw yeah. something. I had an observation. <laughs> they have fat butts. What else do you want They've to got say? big butts, and we cannot lie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it was a good time at Gatorland overall, for sure. Good times. Good times. If you if you make your way out to Florida and you want the authentic Florida experience, you need to get your butt to Gatorland. That is the truth. Is that what you're going to drag me to whenever I come to visit? If you've not been, then yes, we're going to Gatorland. Yeah, we can do that. When would I have ever been? You used to work at Disney for a hot minute. Maybe you. I have never been to Gatorland Gatorland. before. Bruh. (laughs) I said it. We are taking you to Gatorland, and we're going to make you hold the alligator. Oh fuck no! Absolutely not. We'll make you do the one where you have to like sit on the gator and like. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And then we'll go behind the thing and we'll throw drumsticks. I would the large absolutely cancel the trip before you made me do that. (laughs) Absolutely not. But there was so many tourists. So many tourists. You could eat Raul. Okay, but I'm not sitting on him or feeding him. Not Raul. Holding them. Raul's too big. You can't sit on a little baby. I'm not. I'm not holding any gators or snakes. Well, if you're coming to our house, you might have to interact with snakes. There are several of them in this house. Doesn't mean, yeah, just because they're there doesn't mean I'd have to interact with them. <laughs> oh, Remind yeah. me not to come visit you. <laughs> Aww, anyway. But then you would never see the cordy. But then, yeah, exactly. You'd never see the cordy. Why are we leaving Milo out of this equation as if I don't love him? Or Milo. You do, but you're the cordy stan. But you're the cordy stan. I'm also the Milo stan. stan. Have you met me? Why can't you love all of our pets equally? There's just like we definitely yeah. do. Because two of them are much cuter than the others. False. Anyway, this is a shout Should we get this podcast. started? <laughs> Should we yeah. discuss this, any, this uh, burning topic? Yeah. No good segues. Is there an alligator? alligator do about, alligators live in London? Uh, they might. I have no idea. 
Uh, we saw ducks was... in the capybara pen and a goose. It was and funny. Ducks... There are two ducks and one goose. So it was duck, duck, goose. But Will Harrendell <laughs> hates ducks. Duck, duck, and there's ducks are mentioned. Ducks. <laughs> ducks are mentioned in this chunk chunk of chapters. They are. They are mentioned. They there there is a moment of yeah, ducks. Where do we a begin? A couple of times. A couple of moments of ducks. Uh, there's a lot to cover here. It's funny because I was I I had the summary this week, right? Um, so yeah, this is your spoiler warning too. Uh, we're about to discuss chapters 19 through the epilogue, through the end of this book, you know, whatever have you uh, of Clockwork Princess. So that's our spoiler warning. If you haven't read these chapters for some reason, if you are waiting on us to tell you about these chapters, uh, you know, here we are. We're doing it now. But if you've read them on your own, cool. If you haven't read them, take a pause, read them, whatever you will, or don't, and just um, hang out. Yeah, or just hang out. Vibes. That's what we're here for. We're here for good vibes, good times. Um, and then some uh, not good times, apparently, and in the end of this book, too. Right? Yeah. So uh, we started out with chapter 19, um, and then we have like, basically this whole thing wraps up, right? So we've got Will. We've got Will climbing up into the rocky cavern of Care Idris, and finally he finds Tessa. So, was it our last section? We talked about how he was just in the inn's warm brand mash the whole time. So, finally, we made it. We have finally made it. We found Tessa. Good job. All right. So, they share this heartfelt reunion, and then Will reveals that he came alone and that Jem is not going to find them because Jem is dead. So, yeah, that's great. Tessa, Tessa grieves. Uh, and they spend hours, then Will and Tessa just spend hours, like, apologizing for each other's loss and feeling sorry, and and then telling each other not to be sorry about Jem's death and his decisions to live faster and to burn brighter. Um, and they both kind of resign themselves to, to like, uh, no salvation after this, to, to a fate where they're not going to make it out of this cave. <laughs> and so so upon that uh yeah they spend what they believe is their last night in each other's arms exchanging passionate words and uh actions as ali has so graciously illustrated for us here um and then yeah after waking up next to him tessa realizes that he's got like an imprint of a, a pale shape of a star on his shoulder from her from her angel so that's that's fun yeah We'll talk about their their Stevie Stevie night a little bit together too. We we had it with Je with Jim, and then now we've got it with Will. So you know, great times. Um, and at the institute, we've got the rest of the shadows preparing to use uh Henry Agnagus's portal, uh, to travel over to Carriages, even though they know that backup like hasn't come yet. So uh, well, it, it almost hasn't come because like just before uh Cecily pictures their destination Bro silent brothers brother Enoch Micah and Zachariah appear and offer their aid um so Cecily not only imagines their destination but's the first to step through this portal Gabriel following closely behind and then we cut to the council room where it's full of shouting and Consul Whalen and the Inquisitor are attempting to bring order to this meeting um of which each institute around the world has sent their representation and they're debating over Charlotte's message of warning on this attack of London they're like, is it true? Is it not true? Um, everyone is in uproar. And this includes one Tatiana Blackthorn, uh, named Lightwood. She speaks out against Charlotte and Will's words, saying that they are the reason that her husband is dead, to which the Inquisitor responds, uh, it was Benedict's fault, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And Consuelo tries to take control of the situation, claiming that they they have to have a replacement for Charlotte as the head of the London Institute, even as the Inquisitor protests this course of action and says that they should discuss sending reinforcements after her. Um, but then he's interrupted by an automaton slicing through Consuelo's head, uh, slicing his head from his body, and then the chamber is just flooded with clockwork creatures. It's, yeah, it's a terrible time. Then we have Magnus, the cockblock bane, coming in. <laughs> He's rather amused to find Will and Tessa in bed together. <laughs> yeah, strikes again. Uh, he breaks Mortmain's invisible wall, just like, boop, no problem there. <laughs> uh, tells them, get up, get dressed, come on, we're, we're doing this, guys. And they're like, oh, 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 yeah, 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 we're, we're getting dressed, uh-huh. So they scramble to do so, not before sharing a kiss and some flirtatious banner before rushing to join the others. Sophie and Cecily are joined by all but Magnus and Cyril in this large room filled with rows of automatons, um, this dormant clockwork army. And as Henry reaches for the Pixis inside of one's chest, it activates and tosses him to the side with this sickening crack. And Charlotte rushes to his side, um, also being tossed aside. And then Brother Micah, our third shadow silent brother, is just like killed. So there's that. Um, and then if I had a nickel for every time Will was just like Cecily in a vague and ominous context, I would have more than two nickels, right? But anyways, Tessa and Will finally get to the others and enough time to tell them that like the Seraphlades are useless against these creatures and just in enough time to see that silent brother Zechariah is revealed to be Jem. Jem, my Jem, who is not dead, but fighting alongside them. Wow. Right. Um, Tessa gets held by R. Morose, the demon who is now a clockwork, you know, demon, whatever. And then uh, Henry does come to, though, with the help of Magnus, and they make a plan to retreat because this is just too overwhelming. There's too many of them. They can't do it. Um, and then this plan is interrupted by Mortmain, of course. He comes in with his whole villain spiel. Um, and then Tessa tries to bargain with him one last time, but he's not having it. Honestly, kind of reasonably so. You know, He's given her the benefit of the doubt a couple times, not gone well. So he's like, no, nah, not doing that, not doing that. But Tessa decides to reach inside of her clockwork angel pendant and just change into the angel that she has seen in her dream previously. So with the terrifying power and glory of Ethereal, the angel, she strikes Mortmain down and the battle is over and she falls unconscious again. Yep. <clears throat> so. Uh, Shadowhunters back at the Institute are worried for Tessa, of course, not knowing when she will wake up, but Gabriel is a little more concerned about Cecily returning to Wales. Uh, she reveals that she tends to be a Shadowhunter still and remain at the Institute, and Gabriel kisses her, the first of many to come in the years to come. Ooh. Um, Inquisitor Whitelot visits the Institute to offer Charlotte the position of Consul, now that they obviously don't have one, thanks to uh, Wayland's, you know, slicing thing happening. Um, and at first, Charlotte's hesitant to, hesitant to accept, but after discussing with Sophie, it turns out that she will accept upon a few conditions. After several visits to Tessa's sickbed, Will asks Charlotte to summon Jem, who is now Brother Zechariah, as he believes that seeing him again will provide the closure that Tessa needs to bring her back from this delirium that she's in, um, in which, you know, she's been calling out for Jem, and she's just flowing in and out of, you know, delirium here. So, uh, of course, Charlotte manages to do that, and Jem returns and takes up a whole chapter trying to explain why he became a silent brother after everyone had been led to believe he was dead. 
And this chapter ends his story as a shadow hunter, granting blessing for Wessa and Jem saying his last goodbyes to Tessa and Will separately, at least for now, you know. And then we finally have chapter 24, which is the last formal chapter of the story. Um, and it basically just ties up a lot of loose ends here. Uh, it picks up sometime later, uh, starting with Sophie's ascension ceremony to become a shadow hunter, um, and then leads into the Enclave's annual Christmas party. So this grand ballroom filled with merriment and finery, and there's no, but there's no finer thing, right, than a name drop of Charlotte and Henry's baby to be Charles Buford Fairchild. So we learn that Will has finally returned mostly to his normal self after losing Jem uh, as a result of Tessa's effort, though she did not understand why Will was taking her out to these places and acting like really distant and stuff. Will reveals that he was trying to court her properly. Uh, and then Tessa's like, we're beyond that, all right? Come on. And please, just be yourself. Just be yourself. And he's like, oh, Just okay, take cool. me. Yeah, right? Basically. He already um, did. And Ayo. then, <laughs> hey, we get to read that letter that Will wrote in the front of A Tale of Two Cities for Tessa. So we get to read that. Um, the one that right after his curse, he had, had not been real once. He learns that. Um, he wrote that inscription to her, but then he didn't give it to her because he found out he was engaged to Jem. So we finally get to read that as readers here. Um, and then Jem's uncle, Elias Carstairs, shows up at the Institute bearing a legendary sword named Cortana that he was meant to give Jem on his 18th birthday. But obviously he will not be doing that. Um, so he tries to give it to Will, his parabatai, but Will will not accept it. He refuses. And he's like, Jem's not dead. I'm not doing this. Nope. And he just like nopes out and leaves the room. And Tessa is like, maybe you should keep it then, Elias. Uh, keep it and give it to your own heirs because Will's not going to take it. Uh, so Will, you know, he rushed out into the cold and he meets Jessamine. Well, the ghost of Jessamine, who is just hanging out. Um, apparently she did not pass on, but instead she's been charged with watching over the Institute as long as it needs guarding, since she did not want to be a shadow hunter in her life. So Will apologizes to Jessamine and she chastises him for his attempts at romance. Doing a bad job here, buddy. Um, and Agnes also comes to say goodbye uh, before he leaves from London to go to New York with Church the Cat. And Will thanks him, the first shadow hunter who has thanked Magnus Bane. Um, though we certainly haven't seen the last of Magnus, and he knows it too. Uh, on that balcony, Tessa finds Will. They talk about their future and if Tessa wishes she was a shadow hunter. Um, and Tessa decides that she is content being a warlock of sorts. As long as she's part shadow hunter and she can live with their found family here at the Institute, that's good enough for her. And then Will offers to make her part of his permanent family, uh, you know, with a passionate proposal here. So Tessa, of course, accepts. And Charlotte bends the rules right at the end here and lets Will and Cecily visit their parents at home using the portal technology uh, to introduce them to their significant others for the holidays, as you do, right? So that's how that story ends. Or does it? Because we have an epilogue. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, this epilogue is in 2008. So it is many, many years in the future. Um, so 2008, Tessa is going to meet Jem at Blackfriars Bridge for their annual meeting. She reflects on her life married to Will until his death. Will died in 1937. Surrounded by his family and his loved ones, um, a life that Will and Tessa built together. And Jem, brother Zechariah, was the last to see him off, uh, sent him off with music from his violin, playing his life as he observed it. 
So we learn that Tessa left the Institute after Will's death, not bearing, not being able to bear seeing her children grow older than her and pass. And she found some companionship in Magnus, also immortal here. Um, long lifespans, you know, shared shared trauma. Um, and then unexpectedly, Jem. Jem, who approaches the bridge this year, not as a silent brother, not as Brother Zechariah, but as Jem himself, uh, young and healthy and unbound from his previous ties. Jem explains it's another tale of Lightwoods and Herondales and Fairchilds for another time. Um, and Tessa asks where he's going to go next. And Jem says it depends on her. So he doesn't feel like a shadow hunter without his parabatai. And he still does love Tessa a century and a half later. He tries to ask of her feelings, but can't bring himself to do it, instead walking away. And Tessa chases after him and says what he could not, that she has always loved him and will both this entire time. And she could not have loved one without the other. Um, they are both changed people at this point and have lived, lived different lives over the years, but they've been granted this miracle to do it all again together. There, and there we go. I. There you have it. That's a lot to digest. We'll That's get into that. Get but into. I think if you're watching on Twitch <laughs> so many or things. after on YouTube, you can kind the of facial tell how expressions. we do. So, say, I, me reading, I wasn't able to see, but looking up still, I'm like, once in a while, I'm like, uh, yeah, I see it. I see it, guys. Starting with levity, um, we know that we know where they go after the bridge. They go to the floor of Tessa's flat in London, and they, uh, they do the do. We get a there's a short story by Cassie Clare called After the Bridge that uh tells us about that and it, it's mm -hmm. steamy. But beyond that, um so the title of the stream is Gem Ex Machina. And we sort of had a little discussion about this prior to the stream. A Deus Ex Machina is means God from Machine, which is basically just like something happens that seems like spontaneous and out of place just to like solve something that is supposedly unsolvable. And as we were going through the summary, I counted eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> we had talked so a little like, bit right, before we started about... I started taking notes over the summary and <laughs> just making tallies of what they were. So, <laughs> what first do we want to start got, with? First one I got was Council Wayland, just our antagonist, who's like a dick to... Charlotte all this time just gets beheaded by an automaton. <laughs> just like an automaton shows up to Idris through these barriers, <laughs> which like we do have loose explanations of how that works or whatever, and then just like chops his head off and like <laughs> that's that resolution. Solves one problem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Nobody, no other named shadow hunters we know die in there. It's just, exactly. it's just that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> no. Who else? Who Stark else? Oh, Starkweather. Well, okay. he was we don't learn that until later, matter. but he, he did a... die there. <laughs> he was gonna die in five years, anyways. So. <laughs> we don't learn it until minutes. we don't learn <laughs> it until later, but it 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 Starkweather did also die in that battle. Okay, okay. Well, two named shadow hunters. Two named uh, shadow hunters, but neither of, of them just... are ones we care <laughs> about. You know, like <laughs> yeah, they're both kind of terrible old men. Like yeah. uh... terrible old men. And then we have Magnus the Cockblock Bane. Being the <laughs> second, strikes again. Yeah, he strikes again. Oh yeah, I guess when he shows up, and then Will and Tessa are both in this barrier. That's like, oh, it's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tessa's been stuck there forever, and then and then Magnus just takes it down. And then Will just seconds. waltzes in, yep. and then Will just like <laughs> Magnus is like boop, and then it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. 
God, no, nothing. That is no longer a point of concern. No longer needed for the. Planet. I attest that to how powerful Magnus is, but. And that's, that's a fair interpretation. However, something that's caused this much strife. Oh, agreed. But <laughs> yeah, I'm still oh, counting it as a Deus Ex Magnus. That's but... fine. Deus Ex Magnus. Magnus. Yes. Sometimes. Literally is the two. For the Shadow Hunters. Number for three. The Shadow Hunters in what, general. Is yeah. number, next is number three. Yes, but to be fair, uh, magic is often a Deus Ex Machina. Like that yeah. is a literary trope. A lot of times, I feel like that's kind of thing happens. The yeah. point of magic. Not necessarily, because if you write well, magic well in magic with limits, it's different. But yeah. that's kind of the thing. Um, there's a series by Cinder William Shima, one of my favorites, or the first three anyway. Um, the air. Chronicles in the Air series, the magic in that series is tied to like physical strength, which is a really interesting uh, way to like have wizard fatigue and like tie it to something tangible. That way, it is less of a Deus Ex Machina. But anyway, <clears throat> then Gem, just Gem's existence, <laughs> Gem Ex Machina. This is mm-hmm. and we'll we'll spend a lot of the podcast talking about that, so I won't get into that one too much. And then number four, we have Henry X Machina, or Deus Ex. Magnus, again, with Henry is down, Henry is struck, they can't feel his heartbeat, but Charlotte is insisting that he's alive, and Magnus is just like, oh, boop. I saved everything but his legs. <laughs> but he's fine. <laughs> Here That's he is. <laughs> There's only so much magic in you. <sighs> exactly. And then we have Tessa, ex machina. <laughs> Angel Tessa. Tessa, when, when she changes, we know her to get to the knowledge. But no, when she transforms into an angel, she gets the full powers. She becomes yeah. an angel. <laughs> she becomes the angel. And just smites Mortman down. Just... <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about that, too. Just, just smites him. Yeah. And then, number six, Charlotte has become the council, which means that Will and Cecily can go visit their parents, because they don't have to worry about breaking the rules, because Charlotte is in charge of the rules. <laughs> and, yeah. you know. and Charlotte is mom, and she... Yeah. Wants them to be happy. <laughs> to be fair, I think that Charlotte becoming consul is a great ending for her, and I love that for her. But the fact that then this makes Will and Cecily no longer adherent to the Shadowhunter to the rules, rules where they can't talk yeah. to their mortal parents, that, that's where the Deus is walking out is. <laughs> Therefore, Cecily gets her closure, and she technically gets to bring Will home and all that fun stuff. So she sets out to do what she wanted to do, and she doesn't have to her she get their blessing circle. to become Shadowhunter, blah, blah, blah. Um... And another permission-based Deus Ex Machina. Jem comes to the comes to the institute. Yep. As Brother Zachariah to tell Will, it's okay, you bang my fiance. You can make an honest matter her if you'd like. And he tells Tessa something similar. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What'd you say, Melanie? I'm sorry, I missed it. Oh, I just said he tells Tessa something similar. Exactly. He does. Yeah. Jem appears to give them just... permission to bang, <laughs> and then. Leaves. <laughs> and very and yeah it's, even, it's, and it's permission but also like forgiveness though they didn't yep. we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get into that yeah I we all have thoughts I know he's a silent brother and they're not supposed to be talking to him but mm-hmm. there's like well we can invite him this once we will this all I, mean, I know we'll have a lot to say <laughs> and then the final yeah. one that counted in the summary is Jem coming back as a real boy in 2008 oh well yeah <laughs> what <laughs> but, is this like, Pinocchio this stuff point? Exactly. Ugh. What is this shit? And like, we'll have to talk about it when we get there because we will see that happen on screen. And I remember thinking it was weird and kind of shoved in there 
when I was reading it on screen, because I think it happens in the second trilogy of the Moral Instruments. And I think just the general fuckery that's happening there, and like, oh, Brother Zachariah is cured now, it was just kind of like thrown in there <laughs> as a side effect of whatever fuckery. Um, but I, don't quote me, I could be wrong, it's been a hot minute. It's been a minute, but I so, do believe I remember how it happened, and I, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Exactly. So, some yeah. fuckery. It's definitely, in, it's definitely in the second trilogy because it was not in the first trilogy. No, it's literally, yeah. I think it's the last book. It is it's literally the last, the last book. book. Great. Je- the, the last book, yeah. Brothers Zachary being killed is like a consequence of what happens. It not there. It's, yeah. It's tied but, into uh, all that. I, okay. I don't know. We'll get, I, I don't want to say too much about it because it's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we'll get there. It's okay. a whole lot. Well, I can't wait to be mad about Ben. <laughs> we, we will have plenty of time to be mad about it. I don't know if I'm going to be mad about it. We'll see. Okay. I will be mad about it. I will be mad about most things. That is one of my defining character traits. You don't yeah, say. Wow. Well, yeah. The, this book in general, we all we all knew it was our probably our least favorite of the trilogy, I think. I don't know if it's the book it. that's my least favorite or as much as it's just the ending that leaves the bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> The thing is, fair enough, I guess. It's hard to watch like a character, all these characters you love in this world that you love, come to an end in such a way that just it just feels cheap, you know. It just, I don't know. I I have a lot of should we feelings. (laughs) I feel like we should discuss, you know, the minor things before we get to the major. Sure, sure, because. I feel like if we start talking about the ending now, we're not going to stop. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. So if you have minor things to bring up, bring them up. I mean, my first my thing that I immediately think of is time. something funny. And that yeah. when uh, Will and Cicely go home and introduce their parents to their partners, Will introduces Gabriel as Mr. Lightworm. <laughs> oh, that's great. Iconic. I was like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, I am Cicely. You know. Cicely's just like, Will! And I'm like, I am Cicely. I am Cicely in this moment. I also enjoyed Cicely kissing Gabriel and then being like, yeah, that oh was fine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my god, I wrote about that too. I was like, Are you damn Cicely, not her rating him on a five, but then the flirty banter being like, well, I'll be your tutor. Okay, but who is Cicely kissing? I was like, who is just moving in the back fence of Wales? You are 15. 15 years old. How much kissing have you really been doing that you would be like, okay. you are, we all know that's not the point. We, the point is that Cecily is headstrong and she's not. I like, adore Cecily, it is but point, in this moment, but I think yeah. it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious, and I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Myself oh, and one Will Herondale, very interested to learn who you're smooching. Yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah, Cecily uh, gets her, you know, she gets her ending of like, you know, Getting to see your parents again and be decide, decide to be a shadow hunter, and then you know, getting together with Gabriel is like kind of her wrap up. I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I just don't remember Cicely and Gabriel not being focused on this. Like, I feel like they thought they were more focused on than they actually are. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. I feel that. I feel like, yeah, arm, yeah. The thing is, this book starts as a trio of a trio cast, and then the cast kind of expands in Clockwork Which Princess. Which is fine. Which mm-hmm. is fine, but it's just, yeah. It There's a lot of characters, not a lot of room for all the characters. Right. 
And the thing about Cecily and Gabriel is that they're, like, they have strong personalities. So, like, we remember them as being sharp and, like, stubborn and these things. When they're in a scene, they're in a scene. Yeah. I don't. Like, despite them only really being in here, like, so I feel like I remember them book. more individually than as a couple, but that's because they are more focused on individually than as a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And good for them. They deserve that. <laughs> well, yeah, and, that, and that's a good thing. And I think that those those characters are written really strongly. Yeah. So, like, in contrast... Good. Sorry. In contrast, if I think of Gideon and Sophie, I think of them as a couple rather than the individual people. Like... Sophie, I would think of more as an individual person, like as a character, than Gideon. Gideon gets a chance to sign Kevin Clockwork Prince. Huh? I think it's Clockwork Prince where we see Gideon the most as Gideon and not Gideon and Sophie. You don't see a lot of him in this book. Maybe that's why. He's barely in it. Yeah. But because, like, Sophie is there from the beginning, that, like, Mm -hmm. you're able to think more of her as a character. Absolutely. We meet her as Tessa's friend first, you know? Like,. But she yeah, even, for a while, so even so, like Sophie. I said, I would still think of, if I think of them, I'm thinking of them as a couple where I'm thinking of Sicily and Gabriel as more individuals. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I get yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Um, Regardless, yeah. I, I like the way that Cecily wraps up. I like her and Gabriel Oh, together. I do. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, it's hilarious yeah, I that agree. Gabriel is Will's <clears throat> foil and then, yeah, David's sister. And it's, it's a fun dynamic to play with. While Gabriel has a strong personality... He gets that, like, shy, sort of, like, eh, stereotypical soft boy when he's with Cicely. He gets to put, he gets put in his place by her. He's intimidated by her in a way that's fascinating to him. And it, it's Yeah. Good. It's good for him, too. Like, yes, yeah. It is. Um, Paradells and Lightwoods are good for each other, you know? Oh, yeah. You could say that. <laughs> um... <laughs> I also just wasn't when I was looking just back at my notes just now. Uh, I'm jumping back to the very start of these chapters, but this is something that I know Allie will, I think, find funny. I said, if we could, I can only imagine the, t- the amount of times Tessa has said sorry since Will found her. I said, if only we could start charging her a dollar for that, too. <laughs> uh, yes, this is based on the fact that. Melanie apologizes too much, and I started charging her a dollar for every time she apologizes to me for something. Except stupid. the last time you gave me a dollar. I did give you a dollar, and now it's just hanging out in your Venmo bank, and that's our sorry dollar that we'll get passed back. And I forth. have yet to return because I haven't said yeah. sorry. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> okay, but yeah, it, it's it's a thing. But let's let's continue talking about like the minor wrap ups. So we talked about Cecily and Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Um we let's elaborate a little bit on Sophie and Gideon. Sophie gets a really good ending. Sophie gets what she wants. Yes. You know, ever since the beginning, we know that she looks at Shadowhunters and like Charlotte in particular with a sense of awe. She looks at their sense of freedom and the sense of independence that Shadowhunter women have, um, compared to, you know, the modern the quote modern day woman of the time. Um and she envies that, and she she wants that, but she doesn't see that as something that she can have, mm-hmm. you know. And then she meets Gideon, and she falls in love with him, and she wants him, but again, it's not something that she can have. And Sophie goes through. Sophie has been through a lot prior to the books, and you know, oh, at the end of here, she kind of gets to have her cake and eat it too. She ascends. She becomes a shadow hunter, and you know, her and Gideon are making it work. So she gets the handsome. 
prince that young Sophie dreamed of, who's not tainted by the violence that the, you know, that she had to face beforehand, and she gets to be a part of this community that she has grown to love and find power and independence in, and yeah. It's funny yeah, that you and... said, oh, go Jenny, I've been talking a lot. Oh, I was just saying that it's like, it's good too that like, uh, we see that moment where she is talking with Charlotte about her accepting the role of the mm-hmm. console, right? So you get this really good moment with Sophie and Charlotte, um, oh, finally nice. where because somebody I don't remember who it was. It might have been Will actually who encouraged. No, Sophie I think to go. it was Gideon. Okay, somebody encouraged Sophie to go talk to Charlotte because you're more than just her servant. You know, you're her friend, and she mm-hmm. respects you, and you you and there's that care. And Sophie's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then they then she goes Maybe and she it says was Will. that. Yeah, because right. there's this moment where Will and Sophie are like, Sophie's like, I'm sorry I judge you so harshly. And Will's like, mm-hmm. nah, it's all good. You know, um, he's like, by the way, you should talk to Charlotte. Gideon brought up a sending um, to Sophie first. That, that yeah. may have been what you were thinking of, but that happened a while ago. Maybe. I, I just, I don't remember. <laughs> but it's really good because, yeah, it, it's just nice for them because Charlotte and Sophie have been through so much together, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, Sophie is here at the Institute before Tessa comes along and all this stuff. So, like, They've been through so much, and they've seen so much of each other's, um... Of each other's growth, because Charlotte's still really young. Yeah. And, like, Sophie was obviously the young queen of the Institute, and they've grown... And with the way that Charlotte and Sophie are both so tied to the running of the Institute, they're arguably closer in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. than Sophie had been with other... With others in the house prior to Tessa. Prior to Tessa, Charlotte was that confidant, you know? Um... I do think that Sophie, if anybody deserves to have their cake and eat it too, it's Sophie. Oh, absolutely. I agree. 100%. But the moment between her and Charlotte is sweet. And Ginny continue. Uh, yeah, when Charlotte's talking about accepting the council, Charlotte mentions how she has several um, conditions upon which she'll accept the position. Mm-hmm. You know? And one of them is the fact that Sophie gets to ascend. Just... It's not explicitly stated, but it's pretty much implied. Mm-hmm. Another condition is that Will gets to be the one to run the Institute when she no longer can. Will. Will. Yep. Will gain to be Which we will I, talk I about Mr. Like, Will Herondale. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if we're continuing to talk about minor wrap-ups, we talked a little bit just now about Charlotte. Yeah. And her being the council. And it's just good that her and Henry, regardless of Henry now being paralyzed, mm-hmm. they're happy and they're going to have a child yeah. soon. And Charles Buford. Charlotte. Charles Buford Fairchild. Charles Buford Fairchild. We had to have Which the Fairchild I, name go down in history. I was like, I literally Therefore, was like, why? I quite literally wrote in my notes. I was like, why Fairchild and not Brownwell? That doesn't make any sense. And then they explain it in the next line. I was like, oh. <laughs> Scratch that. Maybe I should read a little further. And I think, like, <laughs> early in the series, they talk about how Henry's parents kind of suck. Maybe. Like, the Branwells are kind of... I think so. Annoying. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was this whole conflict about them being married because of money and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something about right. Charlotte's father betraying Henry's grandfather. There's something about their grandfathers. I'm not... I don't remember. But there was this whole thing with their families. Right. I agree. So that that gives us that sense that like Henry isn't really tied to his last name. He doesn't care as much as that much. And you know now Charlotte's like Charlotte. 
yeah, and then Charlotte's the console now, and she's got, you know, this legacy basically now too. And yeah, you know and what? Shadow Henry Hunters. Is... Henry's a my wife guy. Henry is a my wife guy. Henry is <laughs> a wife guy. Um, another minor wrap up: Magnus Spain. Magnus Spain. He... Uh, first of all, I like that Henry and Magnus have like a bro TP going yes, on here. I, I, uh, I, I love it. It's so, so fun. Good. I love them. Yeah, I love them. Um, but Magnus decides that there's nothing more for him in London, and he's going to go to New York. He and solved you know what? all the Shadowhunters' problems by conveniently being able to. Do you know magic. what, Magnus? <laughs> now he's going to like <laughs> Yep. I think, Bye-bye. and he's going to take church, which that's important because. Mm-hmm. We love church, and we want to know what happens to church, because church is the most important, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Magnus, I have a feeling going to New York is going gonna, is gonna to work out well for you. It's going to work out. Yeah. 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 I don't know why I think that, so. but I do. Yeah. Figure it out. Yep. Though we did see a glimpse that Magnus was also in Paris at some point, because Tessa runs into him there um, mm. after Magnus Will's death. Magnus is in his uh, gallivanting World traveler the era. era. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, Magnus makes it around places. So yeah, we we saw yeah. a little glimpse that Magnus was like in Paris at some point too. Um, and I also like Magnus and Will's relationship too. And they have mm-hmm. that moment on the balcony where they're talking. Um, and Magnus is just like, Nah, you know, you didn't need my help. And Will's like, No, I did though. And like, yeah, it's it's just good. It's, yeah. You know, it's not it's not a ship really, but it's it's something different. I it's another bro TP kind of. It's like. It's not a bro TV, but I don't think it's like a full on ship either for me. And yeah, like it might be for Alex. It's just special. I can and will ship just about anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> just because I can. Uh huh. I know it, it's a good relationship. You know, uh, it is. It's good. Yeah. It's almost like a maybe. It's like a it's like a big brother, little brother kind of thing. Close. I don't see that. Maybe. Eh. It's not maybe. quite like a. It's not like a father son. It's not like a bro TP. So it's a misconnection. Maybe it's just, maybe it's it's mis- just hard to find. It. Yeah, it's a in another timeline they could have been in another timeline they could have been a ship, but mm. this wasn't it because Tessa exists and <sighs> yeah. Is this where your note was gay? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Damn it! <laughs> Five oh six. I think that's a. Will and Jem. It's probably Will and Jem makes sense too. <laughs> it probably is the Will and Jem. Are there any other minor it's definitely Will and Jem that we need to discuss? Ginny <laughs> was t- walking we... me through her notes earlier today, and she was like, "This one just says screaming. She, yeah. This one also says screaming. This one just says." I have gay. a lot of those. <laughs> I, like... I have a lot of those where I'm like screaming, cute. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, good for Magnus, so... and obviously we'll see more of him. Plenty more of him. As we will. These books continue. Magnus, there are the many one more Shadowhunters books that remain. Many more Shadowhunter problems that need to be solved by <laughs> Magnus Bane. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get involved with Shadowhunters. That's for sure. He's gonna get very intimately yep. involved with Shadowhunters. He's very well. involved. I'd like to get to know some Shadowhunters particularly intimately well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, well, yes, okay. actually, yes. <laughs> Canonically. Actually, yes. Canonically. Yeah. No, canonically, Magnus is a freewheeling bisexual, and that is important because by erasure. However, it's it's yes. funny just to be like gay. But anyway. Yeah. Minor um, wrap ups. Who else we got? I don't know. Do we have anybody uh, that else? That might be it on the minor wrap ups, actually. I was looking at my notes too. I was like, 
and that that's everybody but yeah the, the main I mean, trio I there's think there's not much to say about Bridget and Cyril other than the fact that we assume they're still working there at the institute <laughs> we forgot about the yeah. book it's fine Bridget well Bridget kicks ass the whole time she just she's she's mentioned be, to be still singing her songs and they're all like still singing her you've song. gotta yep. be kidding me <laughs> she comes up with a song about the plot then you know <laughs> there's one where Sophie is like does it have to have Will's name in it yeah there it is Um, yeah, I don't think there's any other, like, minor characters either that we have to worry about. All right, let's talk about... (laughs) What are we talking about? The main three. Let's get into it. The main three. Should we talk about the good stuff first? Sure. That is a short list. (laughs) Uh, Will and Tessa, as we sort of said in the summary, getting together. Will and Tessa get together. I mean, it's good um, for them. Do get yeah. some Wessa. <laughs> I wrote and a note. Get some Wessa. That is going to be more relevant when we get to Mortal Instruments. Um, but it was, what is it with Cassie and writing couples being together for the first time in cave-like settings? <laughs> nice. And interrupted by Magnus Bane. <sighs> like, that's a theme that goes on. I don't know if it happens in uh, the last hours, but... I don't think so. I think but that's the I just, first couple that Magnus doesn't interrupt in the last hours. I'm not sure. But, it, but you know what? Each time, at least the two times that I'm thinking of, they both involve a Harrendale. Yeah. Well, Harrendale's, again, one of the core uh, families. That's not as exciting. Well, I guess. No, it's just, it's funny. I was like, what is it with Cassie in this? Anyway. Yeah, what, what is it? Um, Will has some great lines these chapters. Just, he does. He oh my gosh. Great, yeah. Fantastic line. Ginny, would you like to share your yeah. favorite? <laughs> That I am catastrophically in love with you, not me reading this in the airport and almost missing my flight because I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> screaming, crying, Listen. missing my flight, you know, yes. all these things. Ginny <laughs> texted the both of us when yep. she was reading it because she was on her way home. When you, you, you were on your way home from the con, yeah. right? I was home, yeah. And we were like, no, Ginny, so, don't miss your flight. I was the last person on that plane and they were like, oh, we were looking for you. I was like, ha ha ha, I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, I get yeah. it. Because if someone said that to me, I'd also probably melt right then and there. That's fair. It it is, it's, it's so much. It's, yeah, it's just the passion, you know, the will of the it all. The intensity with which Sharon <laughs> The will. Is just... Both literally and figuratively. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. The Harrendale intensity, but like will especially, it's, mm-hmm. it's so strong. Like, ugh. I love him. Will is just out here. Willing all over the place. He's <laughs> having all of the emotions all the time. He's like, I've been emotionally constipated for so many years, and now we're just letting yeah. it out. <laughs> yep. I think my favorite, and that one's really good, but I also, one that's gotten me every time is, life is a book, and there are a thousand chapters I've not yet read, and I wish to read them all with you, and I'm just like, <gasps> Yeah. Screaming. As the readers. <laughs> Where did the I read that one? Sobbing. <laughs> every time. I... Yeah wrote this down somewhere but um oh yeah what a, I, I like the line she he's like i will love you and i will only ever love you until i die and then tessa cuts him off but i'm just like there's a there's a reason i love that line because it also echoes back or foreshadows something with future books but uh it feels like it runs in the harrendale family harrendales be like yeah. that Hedgerows do um, be like that. And it's just, yeah. 
I will say, like, also, the, the characterization of each family is love. so consistent from book to book to book. Like, we see, like, these personality traits carry on. Um, I think I mentioned in a previous podcast where I read these books first, and I read mm-hmm. um, The Moral Instruments, City Bones, second. And, like, on mm-hmm. page 30, I was I was reading what Jace was up to, and I was like, this is some Herondale bullshit. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> is Jace's last name Herondale? And that's not a review you get for hot Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I also really like the line where he's like, of course you can have a Shonda Hunter name. You can have my name, or whatever he yep. says. And I'm just like... I was like, uh, oh, wow. I'm like, wow! Well. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I I just quoted that, and I was like, you can take my last name. Wake me up. Wake me up, baby. We'll, we'll catastrophically in love with you, Sarah Dale strikes again. Ah, <laughs> is what I said. <laughs> I didn't write down a lot of his lines, but, like, we all know they're good. Oh, and then there's I, also... I also, yeah. No, I was going to say, that's... No, Cecily says that. Never mind. It's a good Dale yeah, line, but, but it's I, not from Will. Well, Cecily... Yeah, Cecily is very much Dale too. She's like, everyone breaks the law, and that mischievous smile of hers, I love her. Yep. Yeah. Everyone does. And I, I, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And that proposal, Um, like, I don't know, you cannot tell me that this is anything like gems, but it's fine. Exactly. I was like, "Mm." And that's where... Oh, are we talking? I think it's I don't don't know. I was, yeah. I mean, to be fair, Will says his, like, Heartbreaking lines to Gem too sometimes, and I wrote down one of them, and I was like, oh, yeah. I wrote but down there, like if we're gonna lot. if we're gonna talk again about the love and the the difference sort of between Will and Gem, like how Tessa loves them or whatever the relationships. Uh, here's what I wrote this down. Um, I quote: "This is something that Tessa says to Will in the cave. Um, don't you see, Will? You're a person like me. You are like me. You say the things I think, but never say aloud." Uh, you read the books I read. They love the poetry I love. You make me laugh with your ridiculous songs and the way you see the truth of everything. I feel like you can look inside me and see other places I am odd or unusual in just the same way. And I'm like, this is this is why that Will and Tessa are the better pair is because, you know, they're just, you don't have to have everything in common with your partner. And it's just the way that Tessa sees Will for everything he is. And as we've said, uh, Jem saw Tessa as this idea and Tessa saw Jem as this broken, even if she won't admit it, this broken person you you can't the idea of loving someone the idea where with Jem, the idea of someone who could love him and his first impression she first loves impression, Will and she can't bring herself to deny Jem right, but like with Jem it's the idea of someone who could love him where their first impression was that he wasn't sick and it's not like the most coherent way of saying it but it's the same thing we've all been saying like this whole time yeah of like, absolutely of like Jem loves the idea of Tessa whereas mm-hmm. Will actually does love Tessa it feels like Will knows Tessa better knows mm-hmm. Tessa yeah. deeper and mm-hmm. that's they've just been put in situations where they've gotten to know each other better um and when we're talking about this, is not to say that one type of love is superior to another or that different Absolutely. types of love don't exist. And it's not to yeah. say that there's not a universe in which Will or in which Gem and Tessa could have been together or that they didn't have any love at all. It's just to say that, like, specifically the way that all of this wrapped up is frustrating. And yeah, it is because we, Tessa and Will have that one great love. 
they have found that person who is similar in the ways that matter and are different enough to pull out the best parts of themselves and to cover for the other. You know, like, it is that all-encompassing, this is the other half of my of myself, you know? And it's just not the same. And it's not the same experience with Jem. It's just mm-hmm. not. <laughs> and we see this reflected at through other characters' eyes as well. Like, every time that we see Tessa and Will, especially after their engagement, it's like, ah, oh, yes, Tessa and her fiancé. Oh, 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 not this one. Wolsey Scott, sort of. You sure about Wolsey that? Sc- Wolsey Scott, go ahead. Oh, I didn't mean to talk over you. I was just going to say, Wolsey Scott sort of hits it on the bullseye, where he's like, you two are in love with each other. Exactly, and no yes, one's had that. Wolsey Scott was, yeah. <laughs> Wolsey Scott is unhinged, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> he is unhinged. We stand <laughs> Wolsey yeah. Scott. We do. But it's... Yeah, it's just... Everyone sees how in love Will and Tessa are, but we never see that same experience happen with her and Jem. When they talk about Tessa and Jem, it's always very one-sided. It's like, oh, Jem loves her so much. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. And, like, that's not to say that flyer types of love aren't valid. It's just that, you know, there's 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 no comparison. Yeah. And just, like, and like genre-wise, like, YA, we're looking for the screaming, crying, throwing up type of love, you know? Exactly. The hot, the hungry, not the sweet and the innocent. Which, like, yeah. sweet and innocent, I don't know about that, but, um... Well, I'm yeah. more with, I meant with, like, Jim. <laughs> not this, like, if we're comparing them... I mean, I'm just thinking back to Pierce Midnight, more. and I'm like... No. <laughs> like yes I but i mean like I in comparison yeah yes. right and additionally in we're in their heads so much in like even the way that jem or even the way that tessa talks about or thinks about jem and will is entirely different she thinks about jem as this thing that she's afraid to break and she talks thinks about will in this thing she wants to break her you know it's it's different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, you know? Like, exactly. It's, Tessa yeah. is afraid to hurt Jem in fear that it will kill him, basically. Exactly. Right. And, and like, they decide not to tell Jem that they're engaged. You or, mean Will? W- yes, no. not to tell Will that they're engaged. Wait. No, they decide not to tell Jem that they're in love. Because yes, oh, yeah, that's what I that was what I was getting at. But <laughs> but yeah, it's the yeah, because of the not break gem thing. And it's And we've been Oh go. You go. You go ahead. I needed more time to marinate that thought. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we've just been saying this, you know, throughout this whole series. Every time Tessa is thinking about Jem, she's you know, or talking to Jem, she's always thinking about Will and like it's just I don't know how else to put it other than just that, like, it's a different kind of love, which isn't a bad thing. It's just, it's not right. as mm, captivating, it's not as powerful I guess. and moving yeah. to us as readers here, like, in the in these books. That, yeah. Like, these when... books don't read, like, Tessa and Jem's story. They read, like, Will and Tessa's story. I, I wrote Jim's down that I wanted well, to but... I wrote down that I wanted to reach through the book and just shake Will and Tessa because I'm like <laughs> just freaking admit that you love each other already. 
Yeah. And when they are, it's like Tess is just like, I just want you to be yourself. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like I, I like I guess will I, I like I don't know if this is the right way of saying it, but I think you guys will know what I mean. Will was always himself when he was with Tessa, even if it was like distant and it was a facade because like he thought he couldn't love anyone, blah blah blah. Whereas Jem, he not that Jem wasn't a gentleman, but I feel like he tried extra hard to be this like gentleman and like this perfect guy kind of thing rather than himself. I understand what you I mean. What I'm at. not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure that it wasn't himself. But I could add to that. But yeah. I, but he was presenting himself, you know, to be this, but more this idealized version of himself. Yeah. Will was raw. It's, it's more like a polished, perfect version rather than the yes. raw unfiltered. Jim was like, look at yeah. me. Right. He starts like overdosing himself on the infant to be this person who is alive, who is healthy, who's a full person of who Jem considers himself to be and not this um, half person that he sees himself as. Yeah. And yeah. He, he's less vulnerable around Tessa than will is and i think that that's important in the way that tessa and will ultimately you know know each other on a deeper level than i would argue jem mm-hmm. and tessa do yeah. Te- so jem finds strength in tessa like jem thinks that he could you know jem is jem can be strong around tessa which is not something that he feels generally but will could be weak around tessa which is uh-huh. different, <laughs> it is different. <laughs> it's the strength yeah. to be vulnerable yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Oh. Do we want to? Yeah. So do we want to get into it, or do we want to talk about another day? Sex. I don't think there's anything. I think I think we're into it. I think that we are getting okay. into it. I think that this is, we are, this is we where are, we're at. We're in it. All right. So I. It. So my and, problem is not with the fact that Will, Jem, and Tessa all love each other. I can mm-hmm. get behind that. There are a million ways that we could have resolved this tr- this triangle that would have been like. Yeah, that's great. But it just, like, for example, just some ones that I think would work. I think that if Jem had perma died and it just all been kind of terrible, and then, you know, Will and Tessa just went on, and we, I feel like, you know, that's life and that happens sometimes. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a little dark and a little unfortunate for a way story, so I understand why we didn't do that, but I think that that's a more compelling story. Secondly, I think that if, you know, Tessa and Will go on and have this full life, and then Will passes on, as he does, and then we're going to take the fact that Jem became a silent brother and then gets better again. And then they come together, because obviously they've had these shared experiences that they can then share, and then they grow together and fall in love there afterwards. 110% behind that. Yeah. If we're going to establish this as an everyone's alive, everyone's great polycule, where they're all dating each other, I'm also behind that. <laughs> Which I understand that- when was this book written again? Like twenty, uh, yeah, twenty. I'll look at the I'll look at the copyright. Go on. Yeah, so twenty tens era ending something in a polycule is even ending it the way that this did and saying that they all loved each other deeply is very progressive. You know, it is. Yeah. But it's just it's dissatisfying, and even ha- going the extra step to have them all be in one happy polycule would have been more satisfying. Um, you know, because they talk about copyright. Right? No, go. I was just gonna say when the copyright go. go. What is it? Text copyright is 2013. 2013, yeah. So, like, obviously this wasn't as, like, ending something in polyamory was not the thing that we did back in the, back in the ye old days of 10 years ago. Um, but it would have been 
more satisfying because the way that we there's what we're being shown and then there's what we're being explicitly told right Mm -hmm. what we are being shown is that will and tessa have this really intense love for one another and romantically right what we're being told is that that same intensity of romance exists between the three of them and i can buy that like will is kind of this bridge bridge between gem and tessa and like it's their love for him that brings them together in that way and I can buy that in the context of, like, all of them together or in the context of, you know, finding each other in 2008 and then growing in love. But in the context that it exists where she's engaged to him and then he gives them permission to go bang Will for a few years until they marry and he inevitably dies. And then he's got to come back with the understanding that they're going to... That I'm like... Like, you know? <laughs> she keeps and she continues to wear the jade pendant. hmm And it's like, no. I understand keeping it. That I understand. But continuing to wear it when you are literally like... And, you know, there's the whole thing about the pearl bracelet that Will gives her for their 30th anniversary. 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. I'm not bothered by that because you are... Each of us is shaped by the people we've been around and the people that we've loved. Mm-hmm. You know, like, even if we think back to our past relationships, past friends, we've learned something from those people. And even though we may have had, like, if we just split ways or we had, like, terrible falling outs, we still, like, carry pieces of them within us. Like, going back from, you know, right. infancy. And I think that this is the way that this is. And I think that because there is that <laughs> that train of love that connects all three of them, right? I think that I think that the Jade Pendant and the Pearl Bracelet both symbolize that that thread that really while we're seeing two of them on screen as this formal couple like really this relationship is designed in such a way where it's supposed to really be including all three you know yeah Yeah. like i said i don't have a problem with her keeping it i just don't think she should have continued to wear it all those years that's just me yeah i mean i don't yeah i don't that part doesn't bother me and like even reading the epilogue i was like yeah and i i I agree that you know because so 2008 is many years after will's death honestly so Mm -hmm. i understand the coming together part but but the way that it was written of i have loved you all like for a century and a half that's the issue that's the issue that i have because it's like they yeah the it's like we're picking up like nothing like the love is the same as when we left it off. And, like, that's 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 not how that works, you know? Like, You've both grown. You've both had no experiences. And, yeah. I wrote this down. So I could see. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Jem has never no, seen no. a flushing toilet. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't know why I thought this, but I was under the impression that, like, Zachariah, Jem as Zachariah, like, doesn't remember his life as Jem. So therefore, he wouldn't remember Tessa or Will or anything. No, I don't know why I had that impression, but I swear I thought that's what happened. <laughs> no, so yeah, he, they they definitely I, they have memories, but like they shouldn't have the emotions, right? Right, because like I was just like for some reason I thought like that. Filter. For some reason I thought that like he not not right away, but like down the line he like wouldn't recognize Tessa, like in like the in like the Mortal Instruments timeline of events. Mm-hmm. Well, Tessa's uh, not around in the Mortal Instruments timeline of events, really. It, it sh- uh, a little bit. Um, but that's, that's neither here nor there. 
I just meant that, like, I thought, like, he couldn't remember them. But my point being, like, I even think that would have been more compelling if, like, he doesn't remember her. Yeah. If he, he doesn't like, remember them, blah, blah, and then he gets his memories back. And, like, you can have this grand reunion. But even then, like, at, like you said, Allie, relearning and re-knowing each other and showing that they sort of re-fall in love as these new people rather than, oh, I always loved you. It's much more satisfying. Because yeah. I, I think that, yeah, like, so I understand the setup of, you know, Tessa, you know, being an immortal or whatever. Like, she has lived a full lifetime, basically. She has lived through a marriage and kids and all this stuff. And is, you know, back in the States where she's going to basically have to just start that over for loops and loops and loops. And then Jem, you know, leaving Tyler Brothers and having, you know, at becoming, being what, age 18 or 19, something 19, now, 20. Yeah. yeah. And then Tessa being, you know, still looking like she's 19 or whatever. <laughs> you know, like I understand them being like, ah, we're now at the same starting point and then they can do a cycle of life together so i understand that but i i yeah it's the i have loved you for a century and a half yeah that i think that's what that. we all kind they of have both lived full lives and they have these experiences that most people don't have you know like so there is some companionship in you know a similar life stage actually which is a weird life stage but mm-hmm. you know there's that similarity but yeah the fact of i've loved you all this time and i still love you that is like and eh. I think that's what it all comes down to for the, all three of us. It's that we don't have a problem with them reuniting and them sort of falling in love with you, being in love with each other. It can be a different kind of love than Will and Tessa have. It's the fact that it's immediate, like, I never stop loving you, kind of like. It's not conveyed mm, or told effectively or compellingly. Yeah. And that's. It's yeah. too immediate for it to be so, satisfying. It's funny because would we believe that if the same thing happened to Will? That his love lasted a century and a half? Probably. Like, I don't know. Like, Will, Will, you know, the burning bright passion of Will to be like, you know, Mm. if he comes back and he's like, I have loved you for a century and a half, we'd all be like, oh, Will, he has, you know? Again, I think it comes back to what I said earlier of Jem sees Tessa as this idea of someone who will love him even though he's dying kind of thing. Like the idea of Tessa. Yeah, I'm not saying it well, but I think you guys get what I mean. I think that we just don't get enough of Jem and Tessa's actual love on screen. What we get mm-hmm. on screen is we get Tessa worried about Jem dying. Tessa worried about breaking Jem's heart. Tessa breaking Will's heart to save Jem's. We get Tessa feeling bad that she's with Jem because Will is so in love with her. Like, that's what we get out of yeah, them. We, so get- we don't feel like... I guess I don't feel like their love came to a satisfying point mm-hmm. enough where it was intense enough and it was passionate enough and it was solid enough mm-hmm. to have endured, you know, a century and a half to then come together and then be like, oh, yes, everything's fine. you know, as we've been saying, every time she's with Jem, she's usually thinking about Will. And I think that that was my ultimate opinion when I was younger reading these books. But I also have a new opinion and kind of interesting insight now that I'm an adult. But Tessa, you know? Tessa's lived a full life with a man she was married to, you know, learned all the fun in, ins and outs of that, being with somebody else. She's raised two, uh, two children. She's seen them grow up and have grandchildren, you know? She's done this whole life thing. And ultimately, like, they're still meeting up once a year and they're still, like, keeping in touch that way. 
and uh, we see just how much the uh, Silent Brothers rules are bent for Jim with how often Brother Zechariah is around in the next trilogy. Oh. But, like, she's a different person than when they fell in love. You know, she's an older too. person with adult. It feels weird for her to then jump into this new thing. You know, yeah. because she well, has she will have she... the context that he's changed as well. And Jim yeah. may not feel and that he's changed the same because... thing. She says the same thing of, like, I've loved you this long, too. Like, she's held the flame that long, too. And I'm like, have you? Yeah. <laughs> it was not and a then, flame. It was a flicker. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if this is relevant to this series. I guess it kind of is, because we see it a little bit. Of, like, it doesn't make sense, almost. Because Jem says, um, like, regarding, like, a cure for being a silent brother, that if he were to no longer be a silent brother, the Yin Fen would basically come back and consume him. Right. So, I don't know, maybe it's explained when he's cured, if you will, but, like, how is he gem? But even beyond that, like, you don't unbecome a silent brother. Like, that's just not a thing. Whatever, like, regarding, if we're just taking this trilogy, we know nothing about how gem no longer is silent brother. We don't know what happened. That's true, yeah. All we get is, oh, it's a tale of another Herondale, Lightwood, Fairchild, Mm -hmm. whatever. So, and I get that it's like a, you know, epilogue, oh, it's supposed to, you know, tease us for whatever Mm -hmm. but how how does this happen it doesn't make sense it's just there's ex machina (laughs) and yeah the rule the silent brother i wanted i want to they just don't talk about another (laughs) machina um tessa becoming ethereal because Uh, i guess we did i have i'm still being mad about the end I'm the very, but I'm also kind of like I mixed feelings on that whole plot resolution because I'm like on the one hand it's it's like kind of badass that she uses her power and the thing Mortmain wanted the most against him. Yeah, if that the other was hand, the established precedent of how her powers worked, like if right. she had turned into Camille and had like an insatiable bloodlust, you know, like if we had seen kind of we don't we never learn of her like being able to. She never tries to compel anyone or have vampire speed or whatever. Yeah. On the other hand, as we've been saying, it's a day six machina of, well, that resolved itself quickly. Exactly. It's like, it's <laughs> well, just ethereal speaking through Tessa. It feels like Tessa had nothing to do with it. She was just a vessel. And also the angel reached out to her through a dream for the first time in arguably the how many years that Tessa's had this necklace? Like now, yeah. just to be like, oh yeah, it's here like, I am we, and here's that, what he's I do. Meant- her and then he almost kills her because she changed into him well but then also because her body can't handle the power right but then he still protects her anyway because she lives well he exists that dream sequence exists so that way she will have seen his face and be able to change into him i know yeah (laughs) but it is one dream many years yeah many years later but yeah i think it's just like convenience it's like, like I said, it's a, as we've been saying, it's a day six machina of, cool, using the the power Mortmain wanted most against him. But also, like, it's not Tessa saying these things. It's ethereal. It's ethereal crushing Mortmain. It's not Tessa. Right. That's true. Which, like, in fairness, the, the angel then gets their uh, resolution in destroying their captor. But does Tessa yeah. get the resolution in destroying Mortmain, who arguably destroyed her entire family? I mean, Tessa's there. In the... <laughs> Tessa's there. I, I see what you're saying of how it's like... It's not, I understand. You know, it's 
the hero doesn't really solve the problem. It's not it's satisfying. A, I yeah. don't like it. It's no, it's not. It's cool. <laughs> and it's, it's bad. Yeah, it's cool, but uh, yeah. Cool story, bro. But exactly. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then she yeah. Falls into the coma again, and the solution is to have Silent Brother Jim come and wake her up. I do think <laughs> I do think they need a closure, but like it's the fact that when they're in her unconscious state, she's calling out for everybody but Will. Yeah, that that's not, and that makes Will think that, that he does. She doesn't like, love him. That, that she still loves Jim. And I'm like, oh my god! Like I said, I wanted to reach through the book and shake the two of them and just be like, oh. just kiss already. <laughs> just say that you love each other. Yeah. Just like, I don't know. I think that, I wish that there yeah. had been a better bending way the to rules save for Jim, Jim if Jim had to be saved. Exactly. Because we're bending the rules for him. I, like, And the entire chapter 23 is just like Jim trying to explain why he made the choice he made when like everybody thought he was dead, you know? It's like it didn't need and, to like, be the entire chapter. Yeah, he's trying to explain why he became a silent brother. And, and he doesn't like, do it well. He doesn't do it well. And he's and it's like, I thought you I didn't think... want this. And he's like, Well, I did exactly. But and then he like doesn't answer the question. He like dodges that. He does it. Like Yeah. He's like, Yeah, well, well I did anyway. Like, okay. Exactly. Like it's And there's nowhere it foreshadowed. I remember a few podcasts ago, it might have been in the last in Clockwork Prince. That's when they were visiting Jesse in the mm-hmm. City of Bones. And then Will runs off. Or not Will, I'm sorry. Jim runs off screen for a moment. I was like, oh, he's got to be, like, talking to the Southern Brothers about, like, stuff. But no, no. we find out that he was just, like, getting, like, information on or whatever. And I the Lightwoods. Like, yeah. I was looking so hard for any kind of foreshadowing that this was going to be the thing. Which, like... They literally, they repeat this. They say that, like, Jim literally can't be a Silent Brother because of the Yinfen in his system. Exactly, and he was like, "Oh, I, ha- I had them wait until I was like literally dead, so that way enough of it was out of my system." Like at the last like, possible second, but there's also still Yinfen in my body. It's just not it's enough that it blocks the Silent Brother runes, and it's like, and we don't. You can have a character change their mind. You can have a character act in a way that is antithetical to the way they've been presented to your audience, but you need to do it. You need to like leave something there. You know, and also, like, it's just odd and sloppy writing. Like, all of this happened off screen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, we needed yeah. even like uh, one chapter where Jem considers it for a moment. You know, yeah, where he he's thinking and about changing his mind, or like, it's not considering it because of Tessa. It's considering it because he starts maybe maybe this is what I want, not because of a girl or a will or whoever. Because it's his decision. Or even if he does consider it because of Tessa, but it's just on screen in a yeah. place that we can see it. Because it hits you like yeah. a slap in the face, you know? And mm-hmm. Like, foreshadowing is not mandatory, but it's clever and it leads to a satisfying reading experience. And because Cassie Clare can do foreshadowing. We've seen yeah. her do it. Yes. Exactly. We, we know that, yeah. Ugh. And like there, and there's like, so there's like this part on on page like four to three, four or five. We're Cecily, you know, we're in Cecily's head for a minute. Well, she's watching all this happen. And we just get the reveal that it's Brother Zechariah was Jim. And it says she had known. They had all known that Jim had gone to the silent city to become a silent brother or die trying. But that he and I was like, who? Who? Who, who knew? knew that? <laughs> None of you knew that. You're lying. She, like in what? the last group of chapter, Charlotte alludes to the fact that she believes he's dead. Yeah. Well, 
Oh, who and knew that? No. As we said, we have very strong opinions, and the strong opinion is that the ending is a giant Deus Ex Machina in a bad way. It's unfortunate, because I love, like, obviously I'm the Will- President Will Stan. I love these characters. I love this world. I love, like, the first two books of the series, and it's just like, the ending of this trilogy in particular, I don't think I have as much beef with the endings of the others. But this one, I was just like, yeah. damn, you know? <laughs> just, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I, I wanted better. And Jim, Jim spends that whole chapter talking to Tessa about like, yeah, how how this happened and like, oh, and all, yeah, the permission, like, oh, it's okay that you and Will are in love and then you you banged and all whatever. And then he has to talk to Will and get his closure on the set. And like, the other thing is like, I mean, the, the problem is it's it's the, it's the, everybody has to have a happy ending thing, right? Right. It's what's going on to some no, extent. <laughs> but that is what's happening. Don't. You're right. Yeah. But they, but they don't. And again, like realistically in the world, they're not a, they're not supposed to invite a specific silent brother to come help them on things. And they're not supposed, you know, but just because we can bend They them, like break see the it that they can't keep summoning him, but yet it feels like they probably But they keep will. summoning him for they years. They keep summoning him for years. I know that <laughs> you do not do know this know. yet, but you don't yeah, understand. Gonna <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'll get them. I years, can't wait. And it's, will yeah. gets a paper cut and he's like, send for brother Zechariah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a it's, little yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Like, it's I get ridiculous. it. You lost your brother, you lost your pair of a tie, but you need to move on. It's very unfortunate. I know that yeah. Will does not move on, but... He does. Yeah, I probably... If and, right. But, like, it's, yeah, it's the amount of rules that get bent for Brother Zechariah, specifically. Which, like, rule bending is, not... is part of the YA genre, but, like, uh, there, there's a limit. You know, but mm. there's like there's, yeah. Cassie, Cassie you made these rules. And Why like I said, like we said, them? she doesn't just they don't just bend the rules for Zachariah, they bend them assumingly for, for Cecily Will and Will, Cecily. supposedly. Yep, it's yeah. They're like, eh, every rule we're gonna like we're just gonna break the rules at the end here. And yeah. Whatever. And it's fine now because Charlotte's the console and like Charlotte's And like they were low key bending the rules when Jem and Tessa were getting married. Because Yep. Yeah, that's true. There's no there's a rule Tessa. that you can't marry warlocks but tessa's not technically a warlock she i understand that tessa bends all the rules like i'm not saying that's a bad yeah. i'm just saying like that's another example of them bending the rules oh yeah it is. especially for shadow hunters who are notoriously who are known for being notoriously strict about their rules it's like the law is hard but it is the law exactly no laws no laws none <laughs> lawless state with the laws chaos <laughs> only chaos um Only chaos yeah i don't know if there's anything else major you guys want to talk about but i feel i wanted to sort of talk about the theme of this series that sounds really close to literary analysis <laughs> that's not what i said i mean doing this podcast <laughs> what do you think i'm getting out of things i, critically about I books? <laughs> you know i am that person i feel like you know that <laughs> I'm, I'm just giving you shit oh I, w- I did want to know, though, before you get into, like, yeah. big, like, uh, we finally see Jesse again, so what do you think about that, Jesse? Oh, I totally, I was like, hello, Jesse's a ghost? I don't remember this. No. <laughs> oh. Well, there's yeah, well, I will, again, I will tell you exactly what I, so long, then, oh, right the, yeah, I will oh. tell you. Ready? <laughs> my my note, exactly. Jessamine appears as a ghost? Hello? I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I did, I did is, love the yeah. the heart to heart between Jesse and Will. I, I like, I'm glad it's happened. Mm-hmm. Will's like, Jesse's like, you never liked Listen. me much, and he's like, no, I did. It I was the fact that I saw myself in you, and I was like, 
I, I'm glad they sort of mended things. That's good, but I'm I'm a little worried that falls into happy ending. Like she, I'm like that's. I don't not know. A, like, is it a happy ending? Happy ending. Happy ending. To, she has to go to the institute, ending. and she never wanted to be a for, shadow hunter. So was that exactly. really a happy ending? For Jesse's everyone the only else, one with a shit happy ending. ending. Oh, you're Jesse saying you're saying Jesse didn't dirty. get a happy ending. Okay. And I guess no, Eggs Benedict also got dirty. an objectively shitty ending, but he also sucked. Therefore, well, that, that doesn't that doesn't count. But like, but yeah, like for all of the everything, like for all of chapter twenty four, make making sure everybody has a happy ending. Jesse gets done terribly dirty. I'm like, she's what so do you dirty. mean? She like and says she's happy. Yeah. She says she's okay. She says with it. she's happy, but it's like just being like, I don't know. Yeah, I like that Will was like. When you are eventually able to enter the institute, you'll see that your room is untouched, your dolls are still there, because that was the promise he made her, that mm -hmm. he would, you know, protect her dolls and all that. I'm like... Oh, yeah. It was sweet. It was a happy was ending just... for Will. Yeah, it was <laughs> for Will's for happy Will. ending, but it was not for Jesse. It was a... She's a plot device for Will to have a happy ending. Nope. Yeah, well... <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's not fair. I'm glad to have seen Jesse again to get closure there, but also... This it's is about what she yeah, It was about the closure. And I mean, that's exactly it's not what she wanted. And we knew that. It's like Jem being like, I don't want to be a silent being punished, goes be a And I don't think brother. she deserves to be punished because she was manipulated just like the rest of them. I agree. And for all their mercy that they have had about like a lot of things, I don't think that's fair to her. No. Nope. It's hard. Like I didn't even think about this, but you're so right that it's just like she says she says she's happy, but is she really? She's like, I'm happy. I Happy, I'm happy, guys. Uh, yeah. She's like, I will continue to watch over you and protect you and protect this institute because I wasn't, I didn't want to do it when I was a ship when I was alive. And it's like, that doesn't exactly. make sense. But okay. Yes. It doesn't. It's just okay. literal hell. <laughs> I don't think you, I don't, I don't think you included this, but is this the Deus Ex Machina? No. Because I well, don't think it does anything not, for the story. It doesn't solve, yeah, it doesn't right. solve a problem okay. for the story. But it is It's closure for days, Will's it's closure. Enough? Yeah, it's it's for closure. It's not for Jesse. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, and if, conveniently, Will is the only person who sees her, and she has never appeared as a ghost before this. You know, like, the, uh, that part, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Uh, Mad about that. Yeah, mad about that. Too. Mad about that. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and I forgot that Elias Carstairs shows up at the end. Uh, with Cortana, the, with Cortana, the sword. Foreshadowing. Yep. Foreshadowing. And the foreshadowing that I know of, I'm like, oh, I guess it's. I wrote this down. I was like, hey, foreshadowing for this character. And then I wrote, I was like, oh, also maybe Cordelia, too. I don't know yet. Cordelia. Yeah. Cordelia. Yeah. Cordelia. I was like, she's a Carstairs, right? Cordelia. She is. She really is a but yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I guess it would be for her too. I'm thinking of another character though. Cordelia um, is yeah. my dog's name. Named after Cordelia Carstairs. Yeah. She is not like Cordelia Carstairs, but that's okay. She's not. She's I mean I mean she's she's kinda headstrong now. Like now she is yelling at us <laughs> whenever she needs something or she believes she needs something. Mm -hmm. um, um yeah should i go and talk about the Let themes then or yeah good, or does anybody else you want literary to have anything else to analysis. say to me? lead us fearless leader okay um so if i had to pick a theme for this book and maybe even this series it would be forgiveness and or understanding 
Will has to forgive himself for the death of his sister. Cecily has to forgive Will for leaving all those years ago. Sort of, Will has to, Jem has to forgive Will and Tessa for being a couple. Will and Tessa have to forgive themselves for basically being, huh? Banging in the cave. For for banging in the cave. Will and Tessa (laughs) sort of have to forgive themselves, even though they don't really, for betraying Jem. I don't know. And understanding in that Will comes to understand the Lightwoods and they come to understand Will and Cecily comes to understand why Will did what he did and they all come to understand each other. And, you know, that's with any characters, but, like, I really feel like, you know, Tessa comes to understand herself and accept being a warlock. And, you know, I could go on about the little details about it all, but I do that the overall is forgiveness and understanding. I can get behind those as being some pretty strong and forgiveness is pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. Forgiveness. Can you imagine? (laughs) You see, this is why Melanie wanted to talk about the themes because she just wanted to. No, like quite literally, I just thought, I am not kidding you. I just thought about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah. Um, Listen, I took too many English classes in college. I'm used to literary analysis. (laughs) Yeah. I did the English major thing too, but I did not apply it to our fun YA novels. (laughs) All, not all the time. Sometimes I do, but uh, this time I was like, nah, I don't care. I'm well, just too, one I'm of too us busy did. being mad. We all have different yeah, takes. Yeah. We all have different takes. I have two music degrees, and I'm <laughs> using both of them making this podcast. You're welcome. Woo! <laughs> uh, I have a publishing degree, so I understand the ins and outs of publishing a book. <laughs> I can kind of maybe apply that to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think that forgiveness Listen, understanding I mean, if, if you were... Though, Themes. I think there's other things at play. I don't think that I can name them right now specifically. I need more time to kind of maybe like it. change being one of them. I can tell you that the inevitability of death is not a theme in this book because we said. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, uh, yeah. Um, like if I had to pick two major ones, it would be forgiveness and understanding. I can get that. Yeah, I can get behind that. There's yeah. I said a smart thing. I'm so proud. Ooh, good job, Melanie. Good job. <laughs> it doesn't happen yeah. a lot. No. This is not this is not a big brain podcast. This, this is, is a, a we're trying podcast. <laughs> this is a we're doing our best podcast. This is a, we this share is a brain cell. Sharing a, yeah, exactly. Three of us are bouncing the brain cell around between us. Boing, 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 boing. <laughs> it's yep, like yep, the yep. it's like a screensaver that bounces off the side of the screen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Well. Oh. We've left it on a note of we finished the Infernal Devices. We, we finished our first trilogy, guys. The first trilogy Yeah, that's of the exciting. Podcast. We're not super thrilled with the ending. That's fine. But hopefully it can only go up from here. That's fair. Only up from here. Let's I talk don't, about what I we're only... reading next, because it's a, yes, it gets a little please. complicated here. Because I don't even think I know. <laughs> so we're trying to do a rough chronological order for this podcast. Hmm. But you can't really start on, like, a side story. And also, we you want to do each book back-to-back and wherever. So we're kind of doing, in between trilogies, these little interludes of some of the short stories. So um, next one and the one after will both be some shorts interlude. And uh, this time, we're reading some of the Bane Chronicles first. We're reading What Really Happened in Peru. 
because as we all know, Magnus is banned from Peru and can't go there. Um, and we're also, or the Bane Chronicles for context obviously follows Magnus Bane and some of his adventures he's had off screen. Either before the timeline or like during the timeline and all that fun stuff. So what really happened in Peru? Um, also, the Runaway Queen is the next one, also in the Bane Chronicles. And then Vampires, Scones, and Edmund Herondale. So Edmund Herondale obviously being Will's dad, we're going to see and hear a little bit of from Magnus's eyes. Because he does talk about having met uh, Will's dad in this trilogy. And then finally, because we're going to do four short ones, we're going to skip ahead many, 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 many years. And Tales from the Shadowhunter Academy. Um, Tales from the Shadowhunter Academy is through the eyes of Simon, who is a character in the Mortal Instruments, as he goes to the Shadowhunter Academy, which is... Don't worry about it. And then, <laughs> oh, he sort of is learning stories from the history of Shadowhunters and learning these stories of the people who went to the Academy before him and all these things. And so the one that we are going to read, uh, we'll focus less on the spoilers of, like, the Shadowhunter Academy itself and, like, Simon's thing, but we'll try and focus our discussion on the tale that happens within it. And the one that we're reading is The Whitechapel Fiend. So, four little short stories to read. Mm -hmm. Before two weeks from now, December 2nd, I believe. Or no, December 9th. <clears throat> I can count. Hmm. December 9th. Fun stuff. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. And I think, you know, like Ali's picked out these stories. They're, they're ones that are going to either. They're kind of similar to the ones that, you know, yeah, like Criote, like chronologically, mm -hmm. um, gives us some chronology and it gives us some context of before either like the ending of what we've read or what we're going into like the before what we're going into i think a little right yes. some of these are yeah i'm excited give us a little bit of this next one because we're gonna have some pain with my <laughs> i'm a will herondale stan but i i have a very close second favorite who we'll meet soon yeah i'm yep. excited to start the last hours i know nothing about it other than there's cordelia like our stairs baby <laughs> Uh, James I'm very Arendelle. excited to read them right after and the, other these ones. Me too. I've definitely picked up some things these ones where I'm like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah. We'll see. Yeah, catch us. It'll be really interesting. More, more brother Sekiria. Listen, no, yeah. it'll be really interesting because <laughs> you guys have both read this series and I haven't, so it'll be really interesting. It'll be interesting to get Melanie's yeah. first thoughts. Well, we're not there yet. We're doing first remember, shorts interlude. Shorts interlude. Of course. Oh yeah, <laughs> which I haven't read any of. I don't know if you guys have read any of the shorts. I read all of them. I've read some of them, but I don't know if I've read the ones that we're about to read or not. We'll see. Have you read the shorts, Melanie? No. Oh, okay. That's what it's I just fine. said. I've read everything. Pay attention, Allie. I, it's so hard for me. And, like, this was a long podcast, guys. We've been here for an hour and 45 minutes. And, like, <laughs> listen. My poor little brain. So, yeah. Indeed. Two weeks, All I hear is... some shorts, and a shorter podcast. Because we don't have to be mad about the ending. Which... <laughs> But until you know where then, to find us. You know where um, to find us. Yep. If you're Discord. listening to this on afterwards on YouTube or on Spotify or Apple Music or Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to your podcast, then we are also streaming on Twitch live, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have a Discord. We have an Instagram that we haven't posted on in a while because we've been away. We. But yes, we. 
collectively. Okay. okay. Sure. I guess a majority <laughs> means that. <laughs> we <totally> Listen. <laughs> anyway. I was like, I have no idea what to post. It's Thanksgiving. I got nothing. I'm not riling you up on podcasts. Anyway, but follow us on Instagram where we may or may not post really? pictures. Um, we'll hopefully be back at it soon. That's all I can say. No more Rona. Yeah. Stay well. Yeah. Stay well. Stay healthy. Stay reading. And we'll stay catch well, you next stay time. Stay well, stay healthy, stay reading. I like it. See you next time. Bye. bye. Jenny, say bye. Bye. <laughs>